What's up, everybody, and welcome to And See That's the Thing, the podcast. I am your host, Darren, and today I'm here with um, DMARC, DMARC BTV on Spotify and Apple Music and all the things. But you can call me DMARC. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's been a long <laughs> week already, even though it's what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get right into it. Tell me about your upbringing and who DMARC is. So um, I'm actually from Marion, South Carolina. It is a small town in South Carolina. Um, really, I always bring this like story up. It's so stupid. But when we were little, um, probably like in third grade, the teacher um, led, told us um, to remember where we're from. We look like a chicken wing on the map, <laughs> a chicken leg. Um, it's a small country town. I could not wait until I, I was able to move to Columbia. This is where I always wanted to live. And people might be like, you know, it's just Columbia. But for me coming out of Marion, um, that was for me. If I didn't want to go to Murder Beach, this was the place to go. So I feel like I am here. Can't say I have arrived yet, but I'm arriving. <laughs> okay. So what was it like growing up in Marion? Poverty. Um, I actually really hate going back, like, all the time. Every time I go back, um, it's not the best memories. It's, um, I see a lot. It's like everywhere I, I turn, I see memories. Um, mm-hmm. I see going to the cheap store. That's what we called it, getting hot dogs <laughs> that he just put in the microwave. Um, I see waiting at the bus stop. Um, I just don't have a lot of positive memories. Um just growing up. Yeah. Sorry that that took so, a turn. Is it, would you say that it's the poverty aspect of it that makes you not care for it? I would say um, that exactly. Like, so w- moving here, um, honestly, when I came here in 2015, um, I was able to see just more city. Um, just the downtown of Columbia alone just felt more grander than what I was used to. Back in my hometown, so um, just going home and not seeing that at all. But they try to look, they try to spruce up the downtown, but it's mm-hmm. it's not giving, um, <laughs> and not to talk down on Marion, but um, yeah, I just I don't see that's just not it for me. But it's very humble beginning, um, humble beginnings. It taught me a lot about life. Um, I always appreciate what I do have coming from Marion, because everything else I see is um just a lot grander. Okay. So did you come out in your adolescence, or was it something that you did as you got older? Coming out for me, um, I would say probably when I was in 12th grade is when I started making those, um, I guess, those decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, It was always like a conflict just being that I was raised up in the church. Um, I'm pretty sure like even when I was in 12th grade, me and my mom had a conversation about it. Um, but I don't know if my memory bad or her memory bad. We back like we forgot every time. Like every month, it's like this is a new conversation every time. Um, but I know I did camp I did um come out to her when I was in twelfth grade because my pastor at the time wanted me to play um it's a specific type of biblical horn. Um but when I told, I confided in my pastor that I was gay, um, she was like, she snatched that right on back. It was just not happening. So I know I, I probably came out around that time, 
but I feel like I officially came out to the world um, when I turned 19. And I'm sad that it took a tragedy to do so. Um, what happened was my first love at the time, he got in a car accident. We were um, four months into our relationship, and after the car accident, I felt so bad because we weren't um, public and out at mm -hmm. the time. And I wasn't able to live out loud and love out loud at the time. So after right. that, it was like, just all bets are off. I'm out to the world. It's, it is what it is. And I will say, um, it hasn't really been, I haven't had to come out anymore since that. I guess it's just always just been on me. Okay. So how was that being that you did grow up in the church? Like, was that a struggle for you? Um, how did your parents take it? It it wasn't a struggle for me. Um, it wasn't a struggle for me. I think I was fine more so with um everything. I would say I I try to date me a little little woman. Um, <laughs> when I was probably like in eleventh grade. And I did I love Miss Thing. I really did. Um and but for me, if I were to live that heterosexual lifestyle, I wanted to do it the right way. And um, what really was our downfall, I told her I didn't want to have sex with her until we got married. Um, just to consecrate, you know, just our relationship. But I really was in love with Miss Lane. Now, I hate that I, I held her to different standards than how I held <laughs> men. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I did. Yeah, it was not a struggle for me. I say that. <laughs> so you did date women? I dated one man, yeah, <laughs> one woman. <laughs> okay, so at one point you were in the in the navy. Yes, I'm still in there. Oh my gosh, I don't want to talk about them. Um, not a positive experience. Um, and I I really I really don't want to drag, but I will say, well, when I was going in to the navy, um, I really went in. Definitely for all the right reasons. I wanted to make a contribution to my country. Um, just all of those things. And I will say probably the, the biggest hindrance was going into the Navy Reserves. Mm -hmm. Had I gone straight into active duty, maybe I would have had a different experience. But the Reserves, just not popping. Um, and it's not popping because it's not personal. A lot of people, if we weren't wearing our names tags, I personally don't believe they'll even know your name, right. even though we see each other like every month. So, yeah, I'm not trying to drag the Navy by any means, but it's just not the best experience for me. So it's not really a personable experience? No, it's not. Especially um, for any experience like that where you maybe one day have to risk your life. Mm -hmm. um, it's, not, it's not fun knowing that, you know, you're not around people that really care for you like that so that's just my opinion you don't feel like they care for you all right let's change the subject chat <laughs> <laughs> all right so at what point from your upbringing until now did mm. music come into play oh honestly two years ago um i met online on um, via twitter a person that i call my sensei his name is donnie g um just met him online via another person. We had pretty much, I just called him a middleman. Um, but I met him online, and he was just like, just so dope to my ears. To, to hear um, queer rapper, queer male rapper, um, rap the way that he specifically rapped. 
because um and not to down the rap that we hear that is mainstream just the way that he goes about it is not um it's not always film coded it's not always um i don't want to it's not always about pussy popping. Um, mm-hmm. It ain't always about um, manipulating men, things like that. He has those records, but he was able to like just really spit bars and metaphors and similes, all just, just all of that stuff. And I know we hear it like all the time. That's what everybody's saying about everybody. But for me, um, that's when I was able to really see it as a thing. So he inspired me because I'll be on Twitter. Just thinking, I'm just doing something. We just, um, me and him, we actually talk um, quite frequently, and I put up a thread of me just, <laughs> I guess, um, remixing "I Feel Free" by Nicki, just, mm-hmm. um, just on my Twitter thread, quoting myself, looking so stupid back back then, um, and it just really got me interested in music. And he kept saying, uh, telling me to go in the studio and go record. Because um, I really had no intentions of doing so ever. Um, before I got into music, it was just poetry. Right. And I enjoyed poetry, and I was only listening to R&B at the time. But after he kind of um, gave me a push into to, into going to the studio, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's see what's going on. So I went in and did my first song. Um, I hated it. Um, but I liked that at the time because that was the best I could do. But um, I hated it now because it's not even on streaming. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but since then it's just been like addicting. I can't stop. Um, in my pastime, like I just all I do is just write music, um, and it's, I like it because it just challenges my brain um, constantly to think about to think about metaphors and really. Um, I feel like I'm walking. I'm a walking art whenever I do so. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of got me into it. Okay, so talk about the poetry. How'd you get in the net? Poetry, oh, I wish I could remember really when. Honestly, it was around 2015, and it was around that time, me being really in love um, as deep as I was for that first time when I was with that, that man at that time. Um, really just writing po- poems about um, our life and just envisioning what life would look like like five years down the road and things like that. Um, I actually wrote a poem for him. And it was really just for him, but I entered it into a poetry contest. And it made it to the semifinals, but I didn't really care about that part. Um, really, it was just for him. I wanted him to see I did. I wrote this beautiful thing. And look, somebody else likes it, and they want to take it further. Um, I can't even find it now. I, that's what I really hate. I just remember parts of it. Um, but that's really what got me into it. Love, love will take you there. I'll tell you that. Okay. So do you only rap or do you sing? I only rap. I would never call myself a singer. Um, <laughs> you didn't grow up singing in the church? Nothing like that? <laughs> they tried to get me in the choir. <laughs> I was not <laughs> supposed to be there. <laughs> I was not supposed to be there at all. Um, like I feel like I do have the ear for it. But um, I have the ear. I know what stuff supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the vocal cords for it. That's that's the thing. But um, that being said, I'll still also never down anybody for trying to sing ever. Because um, one, well, actually two things. Even though somebody's voice might not be your cup of tea, that voice sounds good to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then two, um, that's an individual. 
he's not meant to sound like any other person. Right. He's meant to sound like himself. Because um, somebody, well, people go crazy over Rod Wave. Um, people go crazy over Kevin Gates singing. Um, so it's not all about, nobody Nobody don't have to sound like Anita all the time or Beyonce all the time. <laughs> that's That's my thing. Okay. So how has music impacted your life? Um, I feel like it has made me tougher in different ways. Um, there was an incident where there was a rap group chat at one point. Um, it got a little, mm-hmm, a little spicy at one point, and I ended up being like excommunicated. So um, it really brought character to me. Cause pretty much like, and I'm not to be dramatic, but pretty much I'm getting jumped, man. Like I'm, I'm getting jumped for real. So I have to defend myself like musically against an array of people. Um, so I really, I really feel like it brought character to me. It feel like it made me more tougher. Um, it definitely also just opened my ear to different sounds. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you stick to what we only hear on mainstream, um, we're mi- you're really missing out on a lot of other sounds that are out there, a lot of other concepts. Um, typically, I only listen to indie artists if I can help it. Um, now, I do have some mainstream favorites that I can't get enough of, but if I can help, I just listen to indie, one, to support them, but also, two, we're hearing different stories that are not mainstream that the media is pushing on us to hear and like or, or consume. So who are some of your favorite indie artists? Um, I'm glad you asked me. So first, definitely, I would say um, Donnie G, because that's not my sensei for real. Um, two, I, I really can't, the, na- the list go on and on. But um, there's one that was my first collab that I worked with. Her name is Katomi. I just get chills just even talking about her. Um, when I was just like maybe 20 years old, 19 years old, and she's younger than me, because homie rap um, just so hard, so feminine, um, really so cunt. Um, it just, <laughs> just drive, it just, just energized me. It really just motivated me, um, really just to get up off my ass and like just achieve my goals. So that was my first collab on my, my first favorite song. Which is called One Is Mouth. Um, love Katomi. Please, if whoever listening, get into her too. Um, and like I said, the list goes on and on, but I really have to get these three. Um, there's one that's another youngin um, named Mattel. Um, Mattel's another cunt rapper. Like, Mattel be popping her shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't have a collab with Mattel yet, but um, hopefully it's coming. Those are my. Those are my three really mainstream. I listen to them like it's like comfort music, even though they be rapping hard. <laughs> okay, it, so what about mainstream? Mainstream. Um, so my number one at this time, actually, number one female rapper, the Queen Nicki Minaj. Um, shout mm. out to her hosting the VMAs. Mm. Um, also, it's real. Like I don't know if you can see it. Oh, I see. Barb's, yep. I see. Yes, it is real, honey. The love runs deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Her, definitely. Um, I can't say that her rap influences my rap, but just her being her, just mm-hmm. that's that's mother. Um, now my other, really my other mainstream at this time that I listen to daily is Sada Baby. Um, cause Sada Baby really helped me find my voice. Also, um, I like Sada Baby because he don't. He's another person that is like unorthodox. Haven't heard anybody that sounds like him that's doing like him, and that's because he don't mind sounding crazy sometimes. Um, and him not minding that it really, it really just opened the door for me to do to do me. So I don't have to right. sound orthodox and like anybody else that we might hear on mainstream. Okay. So at what moment in your life did you feel like, okay, I want to be an artist? Um, so I always felt like I, I was walking art. Um, even when I was in high school, um, Honestly, I can't really remember learning all that much. I was learning, but every day was a fashion show. Um, every day was a was like a runway for me. Mm-hmm. I was trying not to wear the same outfit twice. Um, that's what it was for me. So I, I felt like I was already walking art in that regard. Then when I started um, writing poetry, it just like exemplified that even more. And then when I started really stepping into um, the studio, that just like solidified everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't see myself stopping that anytime soon. And it really is, just is like um a creative outlet for me. Now I would love to be a ghostwriter for somebody one day. That's like that would be dope. Um, but that's really all this stuff is like side things for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you feel like as an LGBTQ artist that you have to work a little bit harder? I feel like, so from what I've been seeing on Twitter and like other social media, um, it seems like other indie artists, like um, just gay or straight, like they all have it rough. We all have it rough. It's hard to get your content out there if you're not doing what is mainstream. Mm. Um, do I feel like I have to work harder? I'm honestly like I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask this question because personally I don't ever compete in, like ever. Um, it's always you see the you see the material for me. Um, so either you gonna either you gonna buy it, either you gonna take this you like what I'm selling you like what I'm giving or you are gonna leave it for me personally. Um, that's not always the best way to be, but that's just how I am. <laughs> Do you think that? You could make it to that level of like a Lil Nas X or a Saucy Santana or. Oh, um, honestly, that's not my biggest goal. Um, that's really not my biggest goal at all. Um, I feel like if that stuff comes, <clears throat> if that stuff comes, it's cool. But I'm more of a professional, mm. more than anything. Um, actually, one of my biggest goals right now is obtaining my degree, my bachelor's degrees first, and then my master's. And then um, being an entrepreneur, had some things in the works. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Everything I do artistically really is just like side hustle and creative mm-hmm. outlet. Um, yeah. I don't ever see myself um, in that regard. I would love to be behind the scenes right for a bitch, though. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's, I can definitely see myself there. I would love to be there and just helping somebody else create because I'm always going to create. So I would love to help somebody else achieve that. Okay. So you mentioned school. Mm. Tell me more about that. 
So um, right now I'm in school for business management, um, and I was telling my um, fiance, um, really I would love to be the head of maybe like a hospitality chain at one point. Um, now if I gotta get it out the mud, I feel like I'll run the hell out of Hardy's. <laughs> but I ain't want to. I really would love to just take the hospitality route. Um, but I'll, that's my biggest goal. That's my closest goal right now is just obtain this bachelor's. Then go on to get my master's um, just so I'm able to even get, get more money. Um, then after that, I really have a plan of owning my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, not trying to take over the world. Um Maybe I should think bigger, but I would just love to um, have a local store here in Columbia where my art can really just flow even more. Um, I have a sewing machine that is getting dusty um, that I really want to dust it off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to create some some garments um, one day. I had this created, but I would love to be um, able to create things just of my own. Um, so. I'm looking into that one day. Funny that you mentioned fashion. Mm-hmm. So how did fashion come into play? Um, really, I, I could say every day was like a fashion show when I was in high school. And it's not because I was wearing like um, the latest whatever. That was not it. Actually, um, hell, when I was in high school, a lot of my garments were... Um, funded by the clothing closet, which is a thrift store. And I really love thrift shopping, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so fashion came into play really just there. Um, I do feel like every time someone walks out the house, they should be looking. Uh, they want to present themselves really well. Now I will say um, in my earlier years, um, before the degree and everything else started hitting me, I was able to put them pieces together. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting, I got a little plump. It's a little bit, a little bit more difficult, but um, I feel like I'm still making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you see fashion as an outlet for you? Um, it it is. I would say like more so a year or two ago, it was that. Um, for now, honestly, now I just be chilling. Um. I'm ready for winter so I can put on my Uggs and a hoodie. <laughs> so along the lines of fashion, how do you feel about like toxic masculinity and just wearing whatever you so, choose to wear? Hmm. For me, um, honestly, like a few years ago, um, a few pounds ago, I was I feel like I was able to like really just sit in the middle of um, masculine and feminine. My Favorite birthday run I've ever had was probably two years ago where I was in Charlotte and I was intentional about what I was wearing because I wanted to I wanted it to be like I had um, a birthday weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I wanted it to be just three days of fashion. And for me, every piece just hit. I was just I was doing the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I felt like I was able to wear um, what I wanted to wear, and it was no issue. In my eyes, I, you know, anytime we put anything on, we feel like we we, we, we miss misses and miss to put that shit on, and I feel like that's what it was. Um, when it comes to, like, toxic, toxic masculinity and clothing, 
Um, it definitely is present, but I guess maybe I just ignore it a lot. Um, I don't let a lot get into my world. Um, so honestly, I was just wearing years ago. I was just wearing anything. Now, um, my body stature has changed, so I don't really wear the same things. Um, plus, we want, I just want to be comfortable now. <laughs> That's all. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that one day you wanted to open maybe mm -hmm. a store and have all of your art and everything mm -hmm. in there. So do you feel like you can integrate your music and fashion with that? Um, I feel like whenever I do one day open um, this store, I definitely can um, incorporate the music, but I think that's always going to be like a side entity mm -hmm. of mine. Um, whenever the, I would love to do the store one because I feel like um, it's in, I feel like it's a lane of itself because what I plan to do is really just upcycle, take these um, the garments that I I used to be wearing and like from the thrift shops and things like that, right, and make it into like something you maybe you could see this on the wrong way mm -hmm. um definitely for for it's for everyone but really the kids so they don't feel like they're just wearing hand-me-downs or whatever um but to answer the question it really just would be a, a separate entity i don't ever see myself tying in the music plus also you don't want to feel like um as an artist you really don't want to feel like you're pushing your product on somebody sometimes right. so um whenever honestly in all regards when it comes to my music um, whenever somebody gives me a listen, I want them to do it because they want to listen, not because like they're being told to listen or they mm -hmm. feel like they have to listen. That's not fine. Okay, so you did say that music is pretty much like a side mm -hmm. hustle for you. Do you ever think that you'll put out like a full length project? Um, cause that was a question um, that was asked of me. I don't foresee myself doing so anytime soon. Now, what I do see myself doing it's always a ep in the works it's always going to be maybe um a song paired with two others and for me that's fine enough like i don't feel like i have to put out a fully um project especially as an independent artist right because it's already a struggle to get um people to like listen everybody's attention spans are not what it used to be so um i'm really fine with just doing maybe three, four or five tracks on the EP. Because mm -hmm. I feel like, um, and honestly, my mindset is, every time I do that, is, okay, well, if they didn't like one track, there's two others that they can identify with. Right. So that's always fine with me. And there's no, no shade against, like, any artist that does drop an, um, an album. But we work as artists, especially independent artists, we work super duper hard. And we want people to hear and listen to everything. So imagine dropping like a full length project and you put all this money into it because studio is not cheap. Um, and people only get like three songs deep into your twelve up mm -hmm. uh, on um, twelve song album. Like, that's not fun. Right. So I'm gonna keep on doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna switch gears a little bit, mm -hmm. right? It's going to get a little spicy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to get into some hot shit, as I call it. Okay, hot shit. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and you just answer them as truthfully and honestly as you can. Mm -hmm. So, are you a top or bottom? I'm um, fully versed, fully functional. 
<laughs> Do you think that getting your ass ate oh, demasculates a, a man? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, ask you that one more time. <laughs> what? Do you think that getting your ass ate demasculates a man? I don't think. Um, I don't think it does that. Especially not for um, gay relationships. Even when it comes to like heterosexual or all the other types of relationships, I don't feel like giving your partner pleasure is anything to be ashamed of. Right. So I'm saying no. Okay. Verbal or nonverbal? Um, personally, I'm nonverbal. I be concentrating, <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't mind verbal, but just don't expect me to talk back because I like. <laughs> I'm concentrating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Quickie or long sex? Um, it's really either or for me. Um, it's either or. It's until both parties or more parties are satisfied. <laughs> and the very last question, mm-hmm. spit or swallow? Oh, y'all is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Ooh. laughs> um, I guess it depends on, it's always dependent on if we are in a relationship, because if not, the sink. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All right. So where do you see yourself in the next five years? In the next five years, I definitely see myself um, finished with both of my degrees. I see myself in a suit um, and running whatever business um, that I find myself in. I'm definitely going to be in whatever managerial position mm-hmm. as far as my artistry. By that time, I will hope to be um, writing for at least two to three different people. And... I'll definitely have a lot more songs and projects out because um, everything about me, especially musically, is always a concept. It's never meant to be taken literally. It's always figurative language. I'm always mm-hmm. talking about, I'm calling it something, but I'm talking about something else. Right. So I intend to put out a lot of different concepts that I haven't heard um, and that we need in the world, um, especially just as a queer person. Um, pushing that narrative. So I definitely see that my music increasing too. Um, And I guess my little startup business, it should be um, getting up off the ground just a teensy bit. But um, I foresee that definitely coming um, heavy within the next 10 years. That's that's happening. Okay. So in this current moment, what's next for DeMarcus? Current moment, what's next for me... um, Finishing up my little bachelor's. I have a project that should be coming out um, really soon. It should be called Selfish. Um, I hope to also do something for Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is next month. Um, because there's been a lot of different tragedies that have been going on in both the queer world and also the straight world. Um, and domestic violence is really a big topic that needs to be addressed. So I have something that something sweet that I want to do, um, and also a little freak project coming up soon too. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Um, that's pretty much next for me. Okay. And where can people find you on social media? 
on social media, Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at DMartBTB. Um, really, that's the only two apps I use. Everything else, you're probably talking to somebody in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and getting really getting to know you. Well, I appreciate that <laughs> for having me. All right, you guys, that wraps up this episode of And See That's the Thing, the podcast. I am your host, Darren. And until next time, we'll see you. See you.